coming up on this week's Book Guys show, Les Stroud, Survivor Man himself, and his photographer and head of marketing, Laura Bombier, join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned, constant readers. show is brought to you by audible go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get a free book just for signing up for a no risk free trial ah, uh, and i'm here with professor alan sir jamie once again we got survivor man les stroud and laura bombier his wonderful and talented photographer here to talk about their new book beyond survivor man it's a hardcover lots of pictures how you doing, Professor Allen? Doing great. Jimmy's chilling out there. Uh, let, let's, uh, let's talk about what we're reading, Professor Allen. Why not? Before we get into this. I like it. I know Jimmy hasn't read anything new this week, so I'll start with you. I, you know, uh, last year was 75th anniversary of Superman's debut. And yes. I talked about a Superman-related book. And he's uh, still only year. 33 years old. I, that's the amazing thing. Yes. Well, this year... A year later is Batman's 75th. And he's also still only 33 years old. <laughs> but every couple of years, his parents die. It's the weirdest right. thing. Poor Batman. His parents have died like 100 times. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm reading uh, currently is a book by Bruce Scavalli called Billion Dollar Batman. Ooh. And he's basically tracing the uh, history of Batman through various really non-comic book things. So he's talking about the radio shows. I'm just up to the right. part where the 1966 TV show. Right. He was still he's still is, uh, is leaping starving. leaping buildings in a single bound at that time. He wasn't flying. <laughs> so this is Billion Dollar Batman. It's uh, a history of the Cape Crusader on film, radio, and television from Tencent comic book to global icon. So I haven't even gotten to Tim Burton and to, and certainly not to Christopher Nolan yet, but those are coming in the book. Okay, and I just got my copy of Influx by Daniel Suarez. Uh, I believe the, uh, yeah, the audiobook, as always, is read by our friend Jeff Gurner. And hopefully we'll have uh, one or both of them on for the 100th episode. And I'm just getting into the hardcover. Uh, sorry, Jeff. I'm doing the hardcover this time. It's been a while since I read uh, Dead Tree. So I, I, that's what I'm starting. And uh, are you excited? We're going to talk to Les Stroud, Survivor Man. I'm looking forward to it. Looks like he's got sort of a, a gorgeous new book, a lot of... Uh photography as well as him talking about his shows etc absolutely and we're, we're more than lucky to have uh, his photographer laura bamier on as well you excited sir jimmy oh my gosh can't believe this is one of the most exciting guests that we've ever had on the show and maybe for me the the most exciting so i can't wait and we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna be back with les stroud survivor man hi this is jeremy bullock boba fett from the first star wars trilogy come and read my book go online jeremybullock.com and you can see all about my book Flying Solo you've been listening to the book guys and we're back and joined by the guy who puts the man in Survivor Man Les Stroud hello Les hey hi 
How you doing? And I'm joined by Professor Allen. Say hello, Professor. Hello. And Sir Jimmy. Hey, and hey Sir, Jim, Sir Jimmy down here in North Carolina. Great to be here. Jimmy, Jimmy Les is joined by his talented photographer and head of marketing, Laura Bombier. Hello, Laura. Hi, everybody. How are you? Very nice to meet you both. And, and I know that you two work together on, on the book Beyond Survivor Man. Now, uh, maybe Les, you, you could tell us, uh, tell all the constant readers all about this picture-packed hardcover. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, this was, um, this was really a brainchild of, of, of a few years ago. I'd been all, really show off the photography of, of Laura as she captured it behind the scenes during the making of uh, both the Survivor Man series and also uh, the Beyond Survival series. Because she shot, you know, hundreds of thousands of photographs, and so I really, I really, you know, uh, pushed the publisher a lot to try to get this to happen. And in the end, it, it morphed into um, something where they said, well, "Well, where's the story? What's the story?" And and uh, and and so it, it became uh, coming upon me to tell the story, which ended up really focusing on almost like my year-long vision quest of of, of doing a whole bunch of ceremonies and and uh, and all these different experiences while shooting the series Beyond Survival. So I wrote my story, and, and Laura provided all of her photography. And, you know, in this day and age, the coffee table book is basically a dead issue. They don't, they don't really do those anymore. As you know, coffee table books end up being sold for two bucks in the, in the bin in the stores. So this was more um, a, a slight throwback to that, but mostly looking at it like it would be an art book. We just want something really beautiful to highlight her photography and give me a, a little platform to tell my story. And really is a, a beautiful book. Um, I'm going to ask you both, what, what's, your, what's the most beautiful landscape you've encountered uh, through doing all the Survivor Man shows, all the different flavors of Survivor Man that you've, you've shot? I mean, you've done, I think there's maybe four or five different show concepts that you've uh, brought to fruition. But what, uh, Les, what's your favorite, the most beautiful landscape you've experienced during your time doing this? Oh, well, actually, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ping-pong this right over to Laura, because I've never heard Laura answer this question. I'd, I'd be really interested to hear first. Laura, what, what, you, tell, you, you go first. You tell me, tell us, uh, I'd be interested in what you thought was the most beautiful. It's a tough question. Uh, you know, for, the landscape for me includes the people and the culture, so uh, Madagascar stands out, Peru, and uh, I have to say the Canadian Arctic as well. I know that's a similar uh, answer that Les would have, but just the flat, light, um, and the ongoing horizon line, I just found very peaceful. It was a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. So Laura, yeah, Laura kind of comes at it from that place of, of as you can tell, both culturally and also in terms of photographic uh, excellence. For me, uh, it's more of an, an overall sort of feel. And, and I know, yeah, absolutely the high Canadian Arctic. But a, a big one for me in North America has always been the Utah Canyonlands. I, I found filming uh, Survivor Man Utah there, absolutely. It was, just, it was just breathtaking everywhere you looked. And then I think, uh, you know, my top three would be the high Canadian Arctic, the Utah Canyonlands, and then the high Peruvian Andes when we, uh, when we filmed uh, and we traveled through there on, on horseback with the, with the Incan high priests. That was also just everywhere you look on those two places. It's just stunning, you know. And, and I think it, it, it behooves me to say this, too. I think a lot of people travel really far when all the places we've been around the world, I have to say it, you know, North America is home to the world-class beauty that, uh, that anyone might, might want to see. I, do, I love coming home. I think we've got the best here. And I can understand, Les, that you threw that question to Laura, because you're probably, uh, you know, looking at the landscape differently than she is. I mean, she's probably got a backpack full of food. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, food, and, <laughs> yeah, food and wine and her little espresso maker, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I do carry my espresso machine and, well, travel one and a piece of chocolate, but uh, 
there are some variants. Laura, that's Laura's credit. She was actually on a, uh, with a group of a lot of guys. When we, when we did Beyond Survival, it was a crew of seven. I think she was the only female. So she, she kept the coffee lovers happy, that's for sure, by having her little espresso machine. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that my co-hosts have a lot of questions, but I got one more, and this one's for both of you. Uh, I know you. How long have you guys been working together? Uh, it's probably been about six years now. Six years, okay. So a lot has changed in technology in the last yeah. six years. I mean... I'm going to guess that maybe six years the iPhone wasn't even around. Yep. Uh, how has technology changed uh, the way you film the show? I, I know that uh, in the original Survivor Man episodes, uh, Les was uh, you know, lugging around these heavy like five-pound cameras back and forth. Uh, has, have advances in technology changed the way you do what you do? Sorry, both in recording and both in, 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 uh, in, in uh, ph- photography, you know, taking pictures. Well, for me it has. Sorry, go ahead, Laura. Yeah, like I, I've sort of been in the transition from film to digital. Uh, so it's been a whole different kind of, you know, way of carrying gear. Um, the digital cameras, you know, they're the first one I had when I was shooting with Les because I was in such extreme environments. The inside rusted out from hot to cold to, uh, you know, the Arctic from the jungle. And um, I end up, you know, shooting twice as much when I'm shooting digital. So I'm carrying a lot more of external hard drives right. to transfer files and you know, things like that. So just, I found that I had to really change up the way I was traveling in remote locations. And you, Les, as far as uh, being the uh, sole cinematographer in most of your shows? Well, for me, no, it actually hasn't, didn't change anything. I mean, the reality is that the core of certainly Survivor Man had to remain the same. Me holding up a camera, filming myself, going through the struggle and the survival. And, and so, in fact, because of the way you asked the question, you know, has it changed the way I... I, I shoot Survivor Man. Really, the, the proper answer is not at all. Are the, it, it's made it perhaps easier to shoot. Things are lighter. But, you know, once things get lighter, <laughs> instead of carrying three cameras, I carry five. And so I, I just <laughs> my, you know, myself right from the get-go. So, it's, you know, I'm not, I've never been a sort of a technical photographic uh, uh, gear geek at all. To me, it's always about the content. Content is king. And it's about capturing the content. So, and, and the content that I'm doing, at its core remains the same. So the new technology has made things easier, but hasn't changed who I am or what I do as an artist. It's, uh, it's more like that. If anything, for the Beyond Survival stuff, that series, because we had a crew and we switched over to cards and discs instead, and, you know, instead, of, uh, instead of tapes and so on, we had an extra guy who did data, data management. There's a whole new, whole new role for called data, data Manager. Other than that, to me, as far as I can tell, the way I do it, it's still all the same. I, I had a question for you, Les. This is Alan. You've done a number of dangerous, dramatic, and difficult things, and you've also written three books. So where does, where does writing books fall on the list of hard things that you've done? It's obviously hard in a different way. Well, boy, this is going to sound like a little bit of Uber tonight, and I really don't, don't mean it to, but it, it doesn't fall on the difficult side. It's I love it. It's, it's this wonderful other muscle that I get to exercise that I never get to exercise. And the reality is that, that I'm, I'm fairly verbose anyway. You know, give me a cup of coffee and, and I'm not going to shut up. So, so it, you know, the writing part, it's just it's like, blah. You know, it's like all over the page. I just start writing, 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 and then go back and edit it. So if there's difficulty, it's in the tedium of organizing the chapters and whatnot. But beyond that, uh, I don't find it difficult. I love writing. I will, I will continue to uh, to write books, absolutely. That's great. Well, well, let's be honest. You're you're a talented man, and, and you know people sometimes are surprised to find out that you know you 
play guitar and, and you were in a band and you have you have music on the iTunes store, folks. Look at uh, look up Les Stroud on the iTunes store, and I don't I don't find it uh, surprising that you can write and you can uh, you know play music because uh, talent is talent and creativity is creativity and uh, just from the scope of all, all especially all your shows. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm trying to find a way to argue with you, but I, I just don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Les, it's Jimmy down here in North Carolina. I, there's never any advertising, uh, like, built into the show. It's all really generic. You never talk about, you know, I'm using this fancy new type of camera or, you know, I'm using a multi-tool. I'm not using this brand name multi-tool. And, and why is that? Is there a reason behind not doing that? And is there, like, a Survivor Man line of stuff that's going to be coming out someday? Uh, well, uh, you cut out of it on me, but I got the gist of what you were asking. Um, the, the reality is, uh, yes, well, first of all, yeah, there is actually Survival Man line of stuff. I've got some knives out with Camillus, and, and, and I'm really happily working on the first ever actual Survivor Man survival kit. Because personally, if I can say it this way, I think the rest of the, the kits on the market are all crap, and, 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 and I need to put one out that, that really embodies the true reality of survival. But yeah. To answer your question, um, oh, on occasion I'll use my own gear on the show. Uh, I've started to a little bit more recently because you're there. The thing is, that's not the point. The, the point is that, that survival is, is about the psychological aspects. It's about the getting through the struggle. And, and a lot of times I love to set up the scenario. In fact, in fact what I will do, is sort of conversely to what, what you're asking, is I'll actually use equipment that I'm yeah, pretty sure is going to fail because I want to show. You see what happens when you buy cheap stuff? You see what happens when you buy off-the-counter, uh, you know, kits or things that are not really built for this? They're not going to work. You have to know your gear. You have to know good gear. And so my, my, my stuff with Survivor Man, my, my philosophy with Survivor Man, born out of and remains with the concept of teaching pure and real survival. And that means, you know, dispelling myths and debunking ideas and, and destroying gear. It does not mean highlighting my new fancy, fancy knife and getting an opportunity for, a, you know, a plug in there. I, I don't worry about that stuff. I'm, I'm Les Stroud. I'm, I'm, I'm Survivor Man. I, I'm an artist and a, and a writer and a performer and a filmmaker and an adventurer. So the other stuff, the knives and that, they've come along. It's fun to do it. It's not my focus, though. I really enjoy it. I, I, I team up with Camillus to do the knives and Helly to do the knives, and they've, all, they've been absolutely wonderful. But if there's anything that I really care about in all of those, which I, I have cared very much about the knives, but the new survival kits I'm really looking forward to. So it's a mixed bag. Like I said, survival for me is about the reality of survival, point, point blank, not about uh, anything else. I look forward to throwing one of those in my canoe. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> It's gonna be. It's gonna be good. Too. It's gonna be the best. It's my own self little plug there. Um, when I wrote the book um, Survive: Essential Skills and Tactics, I wrote that book with the idea that all of the other survival books out there had hundreds, not dozens, hundreds of pages of filler, nonsense material that you didn't need to read that weren't going to help you in a real survival situation. When I wrote Survive, I pulled all of that junk out of there. There's not going to be 49 pages of edible wild plant drawings because that's not going to help you. You're not going to be able to identify that plant with a sketch in front of you on one page. Not going to happen. Why put it in the book? Well, fill pages. I didn't want to do that. And the survival kits will be no different. There's a lot of junk in survival kits, but there's a more ominous tone to that. Someone takes it with them because they think it's going to help them if they get themselves in a real bind. Right. Now, if they get in a real bind and they open it up and it's a bunch of crap inside, that's not good. So for me, I'm going to do the same thing with my survival kits that I did with my very first book. I'm going to, I'm going to 
pull, blow away all the, 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 the junk and, and, the, and the, the bug, the, the crap, but I'm going to keep in there stuff that really matters when you, when you need it. Now, I have a question for both of you, for both Laura and Les. What was your most frightening moment throughout your, was it six years together doing this? Uh, we'll start with Laura. Laura, what was your most frightening moment being out in the field shooting any of the Survivor projects? Uh, I'd have to say the one of the more recent shoots we did in Argentina, um, down in Tierra del Fuego. Uh, it was sort of in the beginning of winter down there, um, and it ended up almost being a Survivor Man crew going scene where myself and another cameraman who were doing some B-roll stuff while Les was uh, out doing his seven days, we were just tripping around and ended up getting trapped separately on the coast with um, ATVs and horses, uh, you know, for a day and a night with no food, no water, <laughs> in extreme cold weather and wet, and uh, it got pretty, pretty dicey for a while. Wow. And meanwhile, I was over in a cabin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't sound right. I know. Actually, the irony of that. Actually, Laura, I'm surprised you didn't mention Laura. Laura actually got stung by a, a starfish, um, a spiny starfish in Malaysia, under the water while diving down there trying to get a photograph. And, oh yeah. Uh, oh, that's that not pretty, good. <laughs> that was, yeah. Uh, I remember you're shrieking, but um, yeah, the numbness yeah, going up up my arm. <laughs> yeah. The funniest thing about you know that situation with Laura and, and Argentina and the other crew is that. On the rare occasion, it actually so happens that what I have to do to survive is not as bad as what the crew's going through. In the high Canadian Arctic, I was scavenging wood from the shores. I was catching big, beautiful Arctic char, and I was, I was surviving. And then I find out later that the, that the crew, which you know, not quite a few miles away, um, were having their tents heated by a propane stove, so they were getting asphyxiated from the fumes, and they were eating packaged noodle soup. It was horrible for them. So I actually had a better week than they did, and I was out there surviving. But uh, I, for me, um, I, I don't have a scary moment. I never use that word, but I think that the craziest I ever took it was in Norway. It should have been a really, really simple journey down a mountainside. I knew where I had to go. Heck, I wasn't even that far from civilization. I, was, I should have been able to even sort of walk out. But I got myself caught between, you know, literally a rock and a hard place. I had, I had uh, freezing rain and wet snow and ice behind me that I slid down, and I had cliffs in front of me and couldn't go anywhere. And, um, and, and the sun was setting, and I was soaked to the skin with sweat and, and snow and rain. And that, that was stupid. It was me getting cocky, and that was definitely, you know, the, the, the most compromised I've ever felt in a survival situation. Wow. Hey, Les, let me ask you this question. Does a, does a crawdad taste anything like a tiny lobster, and can you really split a match in half? <laughs> yes, and yes. That's the short answer to both of them. Excellent. Uh, now, uh, now, Les, we, we, we have to talk about your new, new show, Survivor and Son, which you do with your, your uh, son, Logan. Tell us about that. Survivor, man. Uh, yeah, absolutely, I can. Um, you know, I'm just going to walk in. Thank you. Well, I talked to you, get back out into the snow. Uh, my son's been, uh, you know, he's been watching me do everything along the way. We've been um, together on so many cases. We're, we're really pretty close buddies. We're like high school buddies. And, uh, you know, he's been asking to actually do it for, since he was, uh, you know, 11. I was like, no, 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 no. And I'm 16 now. And, uh, and it just occurred to me, you know, okay, well, why not? You want to try this? Let's try it. And uh, so uh, we went out this year and we shot two 
Survivor Man and Son episodes, one on uh, the Northwest, Co- uh, Northwest Pacific Coast and one in uh, Northern Ontario. And uh, they actually air, I think, uh, Laura, is it March 5th that they go on to air? Yes. In Canada? Yeah. And I, I have to ask, Les, just because I know you're Canadian, I know you love the wilderness, your son's name is Logan. Now, is, is he named after Wolverine? <laughs> no, no, he thinks Wolverine is named after him. <laughs> Fantastic. I have a friend, Brian, who also has a son, Logan, for exactly the, the same, uh, same reasons. <laughs> so I'm looking for, when, when does uh, Survivor and Son come out? So it's Survivor Man and Son. I mean, basically everything I do is sort of Survivor Man and something. Uh, we have Survivor Man and Son, and we also have Survivor Man Bigfoot coming up. Um, and uh, Survivor Man and Son in Canada airs on March the 5th. In the United States, I'm not quite certain when it starts, but it's going to be shortly thereafter, that's for sure. Well, we'll put a link in the show notes to lestroud.ca where folks can uh, get all that information as it occurs in your news section. And, yeah, I heard Joe Rogan talking about a conversation he had with you. You, you really you had an encounter with something very much like Bigfoot. You know, you have encounters and weird things happen out in the wilderness, and it's a a different perspective. It's like anything. You know, uh, it's funny how much it mirrors survival because it's really easy to be critical of um, of people when you hear their survival story, but, you know, the answer is, well, you weren't out there. You don't know what it was like to have to go through what they went through. It's the same thing with the whole Sasquatch uh, uh, legend and myth or reality, whichever it might be, is that when you're out here in the bush, it's a, it's a different thing. Things happen, and you're already, you know, very well experienced enough to know it's not a moose, it's not a bear, it's not an elk, it's not a bird. Well, what the heck is it, you know? Right. And, then, and then when you're left with all the various anecdotal references, uh, everything from, you know, footprints to sightings, it leaves questions in the mind. And I know some people listening are like, oh, come on, give me a break, you know, it's no such thing as Bigfoot. But, you know, I'd love to ask him, how much time do you spend in the wilderness? <laughs> Oh, have you ever, you ever flown over how much right. vast wilderness there really is out there? Have you ever looked into Gigantopithecus and the possibility that it could, you know, exist? I'm not saying I believe one way or the other. I don't even like to use the word believe. It's just that um, I think the magic of all of this is that people really put it on my shoulders because it was kind of like, hey, if anyone is going to have a real encounter and tell the truth about it, it's going to be Survivor Man. And I sort of fell into that role as a result, and I accept it. I accept uh, concept cynically, uh, uh, sorry, not cynically, skeptically, and I go out there skeptically, and I, I you know, I open my, my mind and, and listen to what's going on and film what I can, but I do think the shows that, uh, that I've shot are going to uh, blow some minds. Fantastic. Uh, let's get back to Laura. Laura, one yeah. of the questions that I, uh, I can't remember which Twitter follower sent us, but uh, uh, some of our constant readers are also photographers, and uh, the question is, for your shoots with uh, all the Beyond Survival, Survivor Man, etc., what cameras do you bring, and are there certain cameras you won't bring to certain places because of the environment? Um, I use Canon. I have the Mark III 1DS. I love it. It's a great, it's a top-of-the-line camera, um, and it's meant for extreme locations. As I said before, the 5D, which is their lower-end camera, wasn't meant to be in moisture, cold environments, warm environments. So the one of the Mark III has a lot of the holes and areas are all sealed off. So um, that's my, my main camera, and it's, it's a fantastic camera. And I know Les has lost quite a few cameras over the years. Oh, I, my cameras are disposable. 
<laughs> yeah, pretty I mean, much. I mean, I'm out there with, with you know, $7,000 disposable cameras. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, have you ever lost footage because of the camera going down? Uh, don't remind me. Yes, I have. I, uh, I have, uh, on numerous occasions, I have lost footage. And, uh, you know, I, I think in all these years, though, only twice maybe was it like, oh, no, and I lost like maybe a, a whole segment, a whole scene or a whole story I wanted to tell, and I couldn't, I couldn't redo it, reshoot it. Um, but, you know, that's pretty good odds after, you know, 14 years of, of filming Survivor Man. And I know you, you guys are pressed for time. Uh, we're, we're, I'm going to ask you, where can folks find Les Stroud Beyond Survivor Man, uh, written by yourself and, and wonderful pictures in the book uh, by Laura? Where can they uh, get that right now if they wanted to order it? Well, the best, the best bet, of course, is online. Amazon, uh, I'm sure, will have it. HarperCollins is the publisher. It is actually not released in the stores in the United States. The nicest way to get it is through my website at lesstroud.ca because then I, then I personalize it for you. So we, we keep a stash of books there, and every time someone orders from me, oh, it might be a buck or two more, but you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the time to, to write a, a note for you in the book. So that's a great way to get it. And then, of course, if, if there's anybody listening to this in Canada, most of the major chain stores will, uh, will carry it. F- fantastic, Les. And if you ever want to come by the studio and uh, have a drink, you're more than welcome. A word just in that's Etobicoke. A done, that's, that's a done deal. <laughs> fantastic. Get out. Um, Les Stroud, Beyond Survivor Man. Photos by Laura Bombier. Fantastic. Go to lesstroud.ca, check it out. And I want to thank uh, everyone for coming today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. This is Father Robert Balasser, the digital Jesuit from Twyet, this week in Enterprise Tech. And you're listening to The Book Guys. Man, that was a great interview, guys. That was fun. Uh, Lots of fun talking with Les and Laura. That was awesome. They, they gave us a, you know, quite a nice chunk of time there. I got all my little questions in, and I could just sit and listen to him jabber like a monkey in a tree all day. And it's weird. When he's talking and answering you, it's like, like a, I'm inside the TV surviving, you know? <laughs> See, I loved it because, uh, you know, because I, I, you know, I listened to a lot of author interviews, and they say how hard it is to, to write. It's just the worst thing in the world. And he says... You know, compared to everything else I've done, writing's easy. Right. I like that. I like that answer. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> That's a nice, honest answer. And we talked uh, off uh, off the show, uh, and hopefully Les uh, will join us with uh, his son, Logan, at some point in the future. I'll, I'd love to do that and maybe have him in the studio. We can buy him a couple of drinks. Uh, I think Canadians that's it. Just stick together. I think that's I it for episode 98, boys. No, we're coming up on 99, the recap show. And... Uh, yeah. 100 shortly after. Thanks, Jimmy. Hey, it was fun. My pleasure as always. Let's, uh, what's that? Same book time? Same book channel. Same book channel. <laughs> hey, and, and we'll save it for the 100th. We are now officially the second best podcast in the universe. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel. Thank you.